This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! Yes, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. What is going on to my beat sorcerers, all my day one listeners, all my middle of the road listeners, everyone that's just tuning in today. Welcome to the community. We have built this up over the past couple of years, this podcast into an amazing community of DJs and producers and music lovers that are all here listening and we're sharing information with each other, sharing stories with each other and just all going through all of this stuff together. And I really appreciate you guys. Uh, hanging with me on this journey. Um, we've got DJs literally from all over the world, so we've got amazing insight from everybody, constantly learning. Uh, let me know if there's any DJs that you guys want to have on the show. Hit me up on Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S P I D E R. I'm on Twitch, DJing all the time. Twitch.tv slash DJ Spider, spelled D J S P I D E R. I'm on everywhere, okay? Hit up uh, my website, my Twitter, that's spelled out D E E J A Y S P I D E R. Got all that going on. So thank you guys for the support. Make sure you rate and review the show. We're on all platforms. You can watch us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify. We're on Apple, Audible, this, that. And of course, of course, we're on BeatSource because this podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. Um, So go check out BeatSource.com. We do amazing blog posts about each episode and a lot of cool stuff in the news section on there. Um, BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs. So go peep it out. Uh, We've got playlists of every genre and every artist and everything you need is on there and is covered and we've got beat source link which gives you the ability to dj off the cloud uh we've got the locker system where you if you don't have good wi-fi but you still want to stream using the cloud system you can save the uh tracks offline into your dj program or even your D- your dj hardware um there is a lot going on with a lot more to come and also beatport has just come out with this really cool web-based dj app where you're able to dj on their website which is just crazy and it helps you to figure out what tracks go together which ones you want to save and put into your link or your locker system and all that so go check that out huge shout to beat source all the curators everybody working so hard uh, we are there for you guys we are there for the dj community this is really a revolution in the dj world so go check out beatsource.com if you have not already and shout to everyone that's already on there using it uh, we are growing exponentially all the time and i really appreciate everybody on there and i'm always here to answer your questions people hit me up And ask me stuff, so I am here for you. Um, What is going on with you guys out there? How are you? Are you open where you are? Are you closed? Are you streaming? Are you doing streaming and open? Um, The more conversations I have, the more I see how scattered it is, even just in different states in the United States and all over the world. Everybody's going through different things and opening and closing. Um, I hope you're healthy and I hope you're remaining happy and maintaining through these times Uh, and hit me if there's ever anything I can do to help or any topics you want discussed on here that could give you more education and ideas about that stuff Um, and now I gotta let you guys know about our special guest on the show today 
Um, every week we try to bring someone that is someone that's in you know an amazing hardworking DJ in the scene, someone that brings something unique and different and this person is no different than that. Um, she brings her own vibe, her own style, her own music, her own parties. Everything is very unique and to to her own thing and she's been killing it on Twitch. Um, she comes from Southern California. She was born up in the Bay Area and then got her start down in San Diego. We go through all of that on the show, but I really enjoyed having her on today. She has such a great perspective on life and DJing and the way she approaches things. Her stream, like I said, is very unique. She's got these uh, uh, this schedule with a bunch of different shows that are things that some that she was doing in person um, and then brought to tit, brought to Twitch, and some things that she has come up with and she does there weekly. Um, she definitely puts in mad work on Twitch. But before that, she was touring the world. I mean, she would DJ, you know, open for people like Miha at the Yost Theater in uh, California. She also you know, has gone on tour with Rai Rai, played a massive festival with her in Tokyo, Japan. She's played in Ibiza. She's played so many cool things that we talk about here here on this episode um, and played with all types of people. Like I said, Rai Rai. She's had songs with Six Block. Um, she's open for LMF, L, LMFAO, um, Carnage, Fetty Legrand, Redman, Barrington Levy, Problems, so many. You'll, you'll hear about it on here, and you got to look her up and check her Twitch streams. Um, her sets are really bass heavy, but she also has uh, songs for sad girls. She also has her Baso Latinx party. She has um, her party that she does in Houston um, at a lesbian bar um, for that community. Um, she, we really learn a lot about what she brings to the table, which is a lot. And we discuss... Um, a lot of important issues from how women need to be brought into the scene more. And through Twitch, we see all these amazing women out there. But but that's something that needs to be worked on. Um, her perspectives are wonderful, like I mentioned. And I really enjoyed this conversation with her. So please, without further ado, give it up for Von Kiss. Let's go. We have got Von Kiss in the house make some noise yes oh my god we're getting back to real life the crowd is going crazy they're loving you i love it okay i love it all right guys calm down calm down there's oh they're still going you can can, yeah we good (laughs) okay we're here oh whoa we got sirens okay we're out here um von kiss (laughs) On the 20 podcast. Thank you for being here with us. How are you feeling today? Whew. I'm feeling actually really good today. Uh, I just went to my second chiropractor appointment of all time. <laughs> of all time. And of all time. I had never, ever been to a chiro- chiro- chiropractor until last week. That was my first time going. And as a DJ, I'm sure anybody who is a DJ who's watching this, yeah. either you feel like you've needed to go to a chiropractor or you already have um, just because of our standing uh, hunched over a laptop, headphones in the neck, all of that. Um, I know. Yeah. So 
It's so true. It was, so does it work? Because I actually have never been to a chiropractor and I've been having the same kind of things. Like if I'll DJ for a bunch of nights in a row or something, I'm like, yo, my back hurts so bad. Like, I don't know. I can do a club for eight hours, but when I do my house, it like I'm in more pain. I don't know why if I have it set up bad. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, okay. So the whole reason I even went to the chiropractor is because i've been having these chronic headaches and they've been going on for about five five years now um doctor i've gone to specialist doctors nobody has really pinpointed my problem um it's i'm getting a lot of like oh it could be your sinuses because i actually did have to get sinus surgery in 2019 um but then they say i grind my teeth in my sleep and then they say it could be allergies. So nothing that anyone has given me um, has helped, like, at all. And during quarantine, the headaches were got a lot worse. Um, so I had been seeing a few, like, TikToks and videos of people who've gone to a chiropractor complaining about chronic headaches and that it has helped them. And I was like, you know what? I've never been. I yeah. could use it anyways, just because of what I mentioned before, being a DJ and like our posture and stuff. So right. I, I, my next door neighbor, he went to a chiropractor and had a really good experience. So through that referral, I went to one last week and he was like, the minute he felt my neck, he was like, okay, yeah, we got a lot going on right here. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Yeah, he, I was terrified, like, no lie, I'm terrified of the neck cracking situation. Right. And I didn't even think I would be able to do it, but um, he did a great job. <laughs> and um, I feel so much more like f- movement and openness in my neck now that like, I didn't know I was missing. So right. it it was helpful. Um, and we'll see if the headache stopped. Cause I think it's t- too soon to tell, but, or at least if they minimize, you know? Right. Right. That's good, man. I got, I got to try it. Maybe. Have you ever tried like, um, we're going immediately into health advice on the podcast, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> have you ever health tried as well? It was well, the truth. That was, you know, that's what we talk about a lot on here is that like how to remain optimistic during all this time and, and trying to keep your health and your mental health and your body through all this. And especially with DJing in your house, it's crazy. But have you tried, um, like meditation at all or transcendental meditation, any of that stuff that actually helps with headaches too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the thing is, these aren't like normal headaches where they last for three days. So oh, damn. Okay, it, that's it's not yeah. like I get a headache and then I'm like out for a few hours and I just need to be in the dark. It's not, it's not like that. Like they're so bad. I throw up. So they, they think they could oh. be migraines. Yeah. That's um, next but level. I'm literally wow feeling it for three days and that's how i know there's like something wrong or going on but um but meditation i've gotten into it in 2020 and it's been a beautiful thing um i think it's it hasn't helped me with the headaches but um it's just helped me as a person honestly and i love it that's dope (laughs) what does it do for you uh like how has it helped you um, 
the thing is, I've always heard about meditation and um, I, I've read a lot of books and pretty much any successful, really successful person and peaceful person I know um, meditates. And so I, I am inspired by that. And I was like, kind of in a way jealous. I'm like, I want to just be able to meditate like that. And for me, it was hard to do it just on my own. So guided meditation has really helped me. Yeah, I have that insight timer app. Uh, My wife showed it to me and we started meditating together. And then we did the Deepak Chopra 21 days um, meditation challenge thing. So that was, that was really cool because it kind of gives you tasks to do along with it. Um, Right. And then you kind of, it's like a, like a chain letter type effect. You like send it off to your friends and try to get everyone else to join in on it. But that was a really cool experience. Um, nice. Yeah, a lot of yeah. DJs have been kind of getting into that over time and sending me different apps and being like, oh, I'm in Headspace. I'm in this one. And someone sent me one the other day, too. He's like, not to be extreme, but it's changed my life. I'm like, damn. So I think it's something, yeah. especially with all the crazy stuff we're all, we've all been going through, something to explore. And a lot of people think they can't do it. They're like, my mind's races too much or this and that. But just like anything else i think it's like working out but like for your brain like yeah it's hard but it's It's hard to work out but you got to just figure out a way to do it yeah and if you set like get into the routine of it you naturally will just gravitate more and more towards it where it's just okay yeah it's time to meditate like you don't even have to think twice about it um just like exercising you know but i've also heard that i have a saying where like children should learn how to meditate, you know? And if, if every, every person knew how to meditate, the world would be like a million times better, you know, so much more peace in the world, happiness, love, all that. Yeah. I mean, not to get like too deep into it, but I agree hundred percent. Like my wife is very deep into that world. And, uh, she's been meditating, I think since she was seven years old and she got my son (laughs) into it and like it was crazy he definitely no you know it's part of him now like we'll be on a road trip sometimes and i'll be like what are you doing he's like i'm meditating i'm like what like are you serious (laughs) you know and he's eight now but this was when he was like six probably she got him into it i'm like he's not going to be able to do it and he totally did and now it's like part of his psyche whether he it's not like he's a practicing you know meditator every day still a eight-year-old boy that wants to be insane and jump all over and play sports but it's part Mm -hmm. of him in some capacity and uh i don't know it helps you it helps you with different things you know just to be able to deal with stuff and gives you that buffer against like the crazy world that we're in um to be able to deal with stuff a little easier so and last year especially yeah exactly i mean this year has been crazy we're we're recording this basically almost right around the one year anniversary of when we were told to go in our house for two weeks. And then now it's been 52 weeks and we're kind of being let out (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I don't even know. I cannot even believe it's been a year already. Like when it feels like time gets faster every year or something. I don't know. For sure. um, Yeah, I agree. Wild. Yeah, Absolutely no, it's wild. been it's been nuts. I know, and um, 
you know, I mean, someone uh, like you has been have has really taken advantage of um, certain platforms with this in this time. I know you were doing IG live and then started really going hard on Twitch and became, mm -hmm. you know, just a big channel on there with such a great following and bringing so many unique shows um, to the chant to the platform and your shows. I think are like no one else's. I mean, they're so creative from the sad girl stuff to the uh, Latinx stuff, like you said, to like all the different things you do on there, I think are very unique to you and bring a lot to the platform and, and are able to show your musical tastes and your personality. Um, how long have you been streaming on Twitch? When did you start getting into it? Um, I think it was April when I did my first Twitch stream because uh, okay. I was using IG first and we all know how that went. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it was okay. It was cute at first. Um, right. But then the constant shutdown was just relentless. And then once I started streaming on Twitch, I was like, oh, this is like heaven, <laughs> like no interruptions. But although it was not heaven because I've had my own stressful like peaks and valleys with Twitch, um, especially in the beginning. So, um, but it was just nice to not have to be restarting the yeah. stream every time with right. the copyright issues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just that thing that throws you off. It's like when we're DJing in real life and somebody does something to throw you, you know, the manager, Oh, don't oh, yeah. play this or do that or something that'll throw you off. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with the IG thing. You were like, Oh God, it's like kicking me off. I got to rebuild the thing and tell people. And Twitch gives yep. you that freedom to just keep it going and to create these shows and to really build up the audience, whether it's every week or every night or whatever you have planned out. It's more mm -hmm. of your own TV show in a way uh, with music. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's been a blessing. I I'm I'm so thankful that it ex that this platform even exists and that I jumped on it when I did because I felt like I was already too late in April cuz I know there was people already streaming, but I'm seeing that there's still DJs who are barely getting into it. So I I shouldn't have even judged myself. I'm I'm not going to judge anybody else for what they do because I just I I understand the struggle and how difficult it is to get this whole thing started. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what were some of the struggles you had in the beginning that you had to get through? <laughs> Let me count the ways. Okay. Um Well, with Twitch in particular, yeah. I didn't have a webcam. And I was like, I could just stream from my phone. I have a iPhone 11 and this camera is good. It's got right. space on it, whatever. So I would literally just put my phone on um, a pod, a tripod thing and hit play or record or start. And yeah. the only problem with that <laughs> is that the, first of all, I'm using Wi-Fi now only to stream. And second of all, the pixel like the bitrate whatever like it was so terrible like i was a blurry little blob with the music <laughs> sounded good but 
the visuals like it, and then there was it would get choppy sometimes because of yeah. the wi-fi um yeah it was it was a mess um so i started I, I did my research i started investing i eventually knew i had to get a new laptop or computer to handle the streaming so yeah. i bit the bullet and went down to apple to buy a new laptop and um when I got it, I opened it up and it wouldn't turn on. Brand new laptop, MacBook Pro. What? Yeah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, okay, there's something. Hold on. So I put, I charge it. I'm plugging it in. I, I'm like, okay, whatever. It's probably just dead. So I let it charge for like at least a good 20, 30 minutes. Still nothing. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So I'm sorry. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Yeah. All good. Are you fucking okay. kidding me? That's crazy. That's what I would say too. Are you fucking kidding me? That happened to me. My battery all of a sudden turned red like t last two nights ago. And now it says service battery take immediately to uh, Apple store. I'm like, what? I can't deal with this right what? now. I've never seen that either. It's like my car I've broke, but that. it's my me either. I don't know. So I'm, I'm about to deal with this. Uh, luckily we're still, you know, still going right now, <laughs> but yeah. that's crazy. So it's just fully dead. Did you have to get a whole new laptop? Um, Oh yeah, it wouldn't turn on. So I called Apple and I had to talk to somebody like, like a tech specialist or whatever. And they were like, hold down this button, this button, this button for right. like 10 seconds, blah, blah, blah. I did everything they said and it still wouldn't turn on. I was like, that's it. I shouldn't even have to do all this. I'm taking it back. And I right. had like 15 minutes. I was, I had, a, I was in San Diego when it happened. And so I booked it to the mall where the Apple store was. I was like, made it just in time. Cause I had a huge stream like the next day. And right. so it was, it was like a corporate stream, which was w one of the reasons why I bought the laptop. I was like, okay, I can't have any issues. I need to step my game up. Right. And yeah, so I made it just in time and they just swapped me out a new one. I was oh. like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. There's so many things that will sort of make you want to quit in the beginning. That's what I say to other DJs too. They're starting on Twitch and, and I agree. Everybody thinks they're too late, but I think, and also everybody looks at it as an and or like, I don't do this, but I do this or this. I, I mean, I don't know what your take on it is, but to me, it seems like something that we can just have and use going forward now. I, I don't think that once we get back into doing gigs, like I know you mentioned you're going to go do some stuff and I know I have some things coming up, like I'm still going to do it. I still want to have it as part of my world unless i get so busy with other stuff but i to me it seems like something djs can use going forward what do you think absolutely um i feel like i've i've said this uh, to someone else before where my best friend she's up in the bay area and i would always i had a residency in san francisco so whenever i ever i would play out there i would invite her and she's like I'm not going to the club anymore. Like I have, right. you know, my two kids, I have a nine to five, like I have to be up early. She's like not down for the club life anymore. So once Twitch came along, sh her, she's always in my streams, you know, she's one of my moderators now, but um, where I couldn't yeah. get her to come to a club before now she, I'm bringing the club to her. So I feel exactly. like there's a lot of people in that 
category who are done with the clubbing days, but they still enjoy the music. So yeah. Twitch has been a really beautiful way to bring the party to them. Yeah, that's what I look at it like too. And, and I see a lot of DJs speculating on like, and getting in, of course, arguments as DJs do on Twitter and uh, <laughs> other social media platforms because... For some reason, we've got this confrontational uh, battle thing in our DJ blood or something. But Uh, I see everybody, oh, this sucks or this isn't going to happen. And and as far as DJing, like, you know, only the streaming DJs are going to get booked now. Or like, you really think streaming DJs are going to get booked? I think it's just different. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's as black and white as everybody's making it out to be. And then also people are saying, how's it going to come into the real life or are all of these people that are watching them stream going to come to the club? Are they going to do subscriber only streams? I mean, as club nights. And I'm like, I mean, just my opinion, I don't think that makes sense at all because I think what you said is correct. Most of the people watching a lot of them don't want to go to a club ever again. And it's so great for them to be able to be part of your community and enjoy the music and the DJing from wherever they are and not have to go to the club. And the other thing with doing a subscriber only club night is that my subscribers are all over the world. Like I'm DJing on Friday and people are like, I'm in Norway, I'm in Italy, I'm in Maui, Hawaii, I'm in Utah. If I did a subscriber only night i'd have like four people you know that i'd have to go it'd be just like djing and promoting it with a flyer because you know that's why i think it's two different worlds and as we get back more into the world and traveling and doing these gigs we can figure out how to make our twitch schedules work for that crowd and then Mm -hmm. go dj for the night crowd and in the same way that people like to go to day parties and pool parties and some people like to go to nightclubs and some people like to only go to bars or festivals Mm -hmm. and i mean i know you dj every different kind of thing you know from massive festivals to things around the world to smaller bars and whatever and and i do those kind of things too and, and special events so this is just like another thing I feel like in our toolkit to be able to use and connect with yeah. our audience and and hopefully make money too. Um, has that been, um, you know, so I know you had all those hard times in the beginning, but how has it helped you as a DJ and how have you built your community over the years since April? Wow. Uh, it's, I've, gotten so much love on twitch and also on ig uh the messages i get from people like saying how i've helped them not just me but like other djs too but help them get through such a hard year and some hard times it's it feels so nice to receive messages like that but i tell them i'm like you don't understand like you guys have helped me too i don't even know what i would have done this year if I didn't have streaming like it's kept me busy it's kept me preoccupied and it's kept me in a positive uh, headspace because music is therapy it's healing Uh, it's just it's so beneficial and I love that not only does it help me but it helps other people so um, I've built a beautiful community on Twitch and so shout out to the kiss crew (laughs) yeah Um, kiss crew what up uh but also um 
Oh my God. I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all good. You were just saying about building your community and that, and that they've been reaching out to you so much on IG and these amazing messages and through Twitch and how you're helping them and they thank you, but, but they help you just as much. And it really is a two way street mm-hmm. for us in these streaming things, you know, and it's funny because we're the ones with the camera right at us and we're all alone in the room trying to create the party but really we are connected and once you fall into that i think it it becomes that two-way street yeah also okay now i remember um yeah i was really bad at mic interaction before yeah. Twitch, and right. it was something that i was forcing myself to really like break out of my shell and get on the mic every now and again not too much but just you know to interact with the crowd at venues right you mean like live and, at a at a gig you mean yeah yeah right. but now i'm just chatty kathy i feel like we all are well I almost know. everybody for sure <laughs> yes sometimes i mean my wife she'll come in the the office or whatever when i'm streaming she's like like <laughs> you're talking too much i'm like don't tell me how to do my stream okay like yeah, obviously, obviously people like it. Someone someone wants to yeah. hear me talk. I mean, I think they yeah. want to hang out with you. They like your personality. They love your music, but they also like your presence and your personality. And that's part of the thing. And that's the, the thing with these communities that the people in your chat like each other. They like you. And, and that's the thing. And, and same, I, I was doing a boom bap Mondays and playing all this music I love and all this hip hop. But I kept talking over the whole thing and like, I think Morse code or someone came in the chat and he's like, yo, you're just talking over every song. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even realize it. I'm like, well, everyone's talking to me. I don't know. I'm like, this is a whole, uh-huh. I got to just do streams with no music at some point and just talk to everybody because <laughs> I'm just like hanging out, talking about like putting things in waffle makers and like weird, <laughs> whatever goes on in the chat just starts taking over. So I, I know, I totally understand. And same, my wife's like, wow, I heard you talking about all these things in there. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm, uh, those are my friends. <laughs> those are my chat <laughs> friends. It's um, true, though. Like, you feel a connection with these people, and I've never even met them in real life, you know? And it's yeah. because they are so frequent in your chats, and, like, they're, there's just... I, I enjoy it. Honestly, I love it when my chat is moving fast. I love it when like people are joking around. Like I love to laugh. So I welcome all the funny chatters, like make me laugh, say something crazy, nasty, dirty, whatever, like whatever's going to spark a conversation. I'm honestly, I'm all about it. Um, Music does come first, but the chat is right there behind it. So I agree. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love seeing like the dope, sets that people are doing but sometimes i'll like put all this time and thought into the dope set and the blends and cutting out and acapellas and really i mean not that it doesn't matter it definitely matters and people should do that and the art of djing is the most important thing and that's what i want you know proponent of and and i love it but on twitch there's just an element of letting your personality go and even in the beginning that was something i struggled with too thinking that you had to be the DJ that you were at the festivals or the clubs and that everyone was looking at people want elements of that, but you can really do whatever you want. And talking to them is a big part of it. People want to be shouted out in the same way that people in the club, Hey, it's my birthday. I mean, Twitch is like that. They all want you to say something and 
that's why they're subscribing and and all that stuff in a way they're supporting you but they also want to yeah. want you to say their name <laughs> say mm. my name <laughs> so yep. yeah i know um well what can you tell us about some of the shows that you do on your twitch page yeah so i started my schedule would be on twitch every wednesday i do throwback hip-hop and r&b 90s early 2000s and then fridays i do latin jams um so and i i say it's a latinx party because i actually threw this party in real life in houston and it was called beso and it was a queer latinx party and so there's Definitely Latin parties all over the place. I've played them here in LA. They're in San Francisco. They're all over the world, honestly. Um, but being a lesbian myself, having a safe space for Latinos who are gay, lesbian, trans, bisexual, queer, everything in between, um, it's it's nice to have a space where you can enjoy that music and not worry about like any kind of incidents happening or whatever. Because yeah. Unfortunately, that is a scary reality for some people, you know. Right. And so I threw that I was throwing that party in Houston once a month at Pearl Bar and then COVID happened. So I was like, well, now I could do this party online and right. everyone is welcome. Everyone. Like and it everyone does come and it's a good vibe. Latinos, they love to represent. They there's people who come to my streams and like that one is their favorite and then there's others who love the hip-hop and r&b and then on sundays i do my uh house and electronic sets which has the lowest number of viewers which hurts my heart a little bit <laughs> but <laughs> it it feeds my soul the most because house and electronic music that's my shit like i I'm a raver at heart, you know, and some of my first parties, like they were like raves and yeah. they are like why I'm a DJ. I'm so inspired by so many uh, electronic music DJs and producers. And I trust me, I love the hip hop DJs as well, but there's just something about that world that um, I was so attracted to and the music I love to dance. That's my favorite music to dance to so um the sundays those are like my babies that's my baby nice. but um then i was also doing um sad girls on thursdays but right. that stream was put together by belladonna um a clothing a woman-owned a latin women-owned brand here in los angeles and me and angie v would rotate we would switch off djing for them but once the holidays hit they're a you know, a brand. So their sales, their like their schedules, what was too crazy for to for us to like try to stream and then them deal with like all these um, holiday purchases. So we put it on hold, and it's been on hold ever since. So oh, I don't know if it's coming back, <laughs> but due to popular demand, I did a pop up um, last Thursday, and um, it's it's not sad girls, but it's inspired by sad girls. Uh, and I called it feels because it's not just about the sad music. It's about love music. It's about anything really. There's a lot of music out there that just 
when it comes on, I'm like, oh, I felt something in my body react to it, you know? So yeah. it could be happy, sad, just like a mood or a vibe. So that that stream will be coming back on a regular. Nice. It's, I think I'm going to do it every other Thursday. Yeah. So. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by the amount of shows or streams that you have lined up? Hell yes. Um, I get a little, uh, honestly, I'm not an anxious person per se, but if I have a lot on my plate with streaming or mixtapes, I just kind of start to like, be like, okay, wait, I can't take on anything else like for this week or that week, you know, like that's it. Like, I don't want to, cause it's, it's a creative energy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to play the same set twice and I don't, I don't. Um, but you get drained creatively every time you stream and every mix for me, at least, uh, when I make, so it's a lot. And then we have to do our visuals and like, it's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah. I know y'all know know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I have, you know, the utmost respect for the people that do it every single day and night. I'm like, how are you, (laughs) how are you doing that? unbelievable they i feel like they have to be single because my wife would never i think you're right like yeah that's another part too is if you have a partner like you can't you have to give quality time to them so you can't be streaming every day you know i mean people who have jobs like a nine to five or like a monday through friday like you're working five days a week so i feel like streaming like three to four days a week is it's like that equivalent you know but to do it every day oh it's a lot and like you said single because yeah like i have a wife and a kid and it's there's i I mean i would if i did you know if i was alone i probably would be streaming a lot more but um i I think i mean who knows but same you want to balance your life out a little bit (laughs) and Feed your yeah. soul, like you said, feed the the thing, the people that you love, be around them and, and do that as well as the Twitch people that you love. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Same with that clubhouse. I don't know if you're on that app at all, but people, I mean, are like on there 24 hours a day. And I'm like, there's no way that these people have either significant other or or children <laughs> that can be on here all the time. Or they're just ignoring them because... I get alerts all the time and I'm like, oh, I want to listen to this. This is interesting and I can never listen to it again. But um, damn, these people are just going all in. I think they must just be alone in their house at all times. Yeah, but and that's things like that are good for people who are alone. You know, if you do live alone, if you don't have a partner during this past year, like because it gives you human interaction virtually so you don't feel so alone so i totally understand that and i i like i'm saying if i was single i would be stream i honestly would be streaming way more i already know that because it because it it makes me happy but my wife makes me happy too so like (laughs) exactly yeah you have to you have to balance your where you're getting your happiness from and 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 exactly that there's a balance within all of it and relationships take a lot of work too you know if you care about it and you want to make it work. Um, yes. Yeah. So, and speaking of your like starting out um, and being a raver and going to those parties at first, um, you know, I definitely can relate to that. That was how I got into DJing and going to parties and all that as well. I grew up here in LA. I would go to all the 
early insomniac parties and um I didn't even know what the DJ was doing. You know, they would be behind that thing. I would be in the crazy speakers and I would be like, how are they? Are they making the music? You know, and then it finally Mm -hmm. took me a while to figure out what was going on. And funny enough, uh, probably one of the biggest inspirations for me uh, in that world was a DJ called R.A.W. who calls himself Six Block now, who I know that you have a song with, actually, after I was looking through your stuff. I was like, that's crazy. Um, he yeah. was, I would buy every mixtape he put out. I would listen to every two by four set he would do with the other DJs, with Curious and Trance and all these different, you know, Theo and Oscar the Grouch and, and all the rave DJs. And the way that he would incorporate you know, dance music, breaks, jungle, drum and bass, um, all the stuff, hardcore, and then take hip hop and mix it together was like, this is what I want to do. You know, I had never heard, mm-hmm. I love hip hop and I love all the other parts, but the way he put it all together. So I definitely yep. relate to that. Um, and I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's interesting that that's where you come from too. Did you grow up in Southern California going to raves? Is that where you... Got your start. I grew up in the Bay Area, and oh, okay. so my first like nightclubbing experience actually was in San Francisco. I had a fake ID, and I went to Club X and City Nights, <laughs> which nice. it's still well, it still existed pre-COVID. I don't know what's going on with it now, but um, right. yeah, it was like my first time walking in there. I was like, like a kid in a candy store like disneyland like it was just like this is amazing like the music like it was like a dark space it was pretty big like i loved the the for the like the floor plan of it and like the openness of it and how it had like the two rooms and it it was a vibe and the guy who did the lighting like he was on point it wasn't overdone with like these led lights because this was like late 90s but he had it down it was so simple but effective and then the music at that time i still play it to this day because it's like gems gems on gems on gems so um good times but then i i moved to san diego and i went to san diego state and so from san francisco clubs i started going to tj clubs so tijuana was like another level of disneyland because you could drink down there um and the parties don't stop like uh, you we were coming home when the sun was up you know like it was next level party city and um the music down there was popping too they had some really good djs actually in tj and um oh wow so then after tj is when i started raving so it was like this little gradual like progression into finding my raver self (laughs) but all along the way like electronic music was i was that's what i enjoyed the most and um yeah so i started i would go to those insomniac uh raves and events in la i would drive up from san diego with friends and we would go good times (laughs) that's great and then how'd you eventually get into djing and decide that's what you wanted to do okay so i told you i was going to san diego state and then i um i i became a go-go dancer (laughs) me and my best friend in san diego we were 
we're house dancers. Like I was saying, we love, we love dancing to house music or electronic music. And so when we would dance, people would like form a circle around us because we would go off. And so one time we were dancing at a Mardi Gras party in San Diego and a circle formed around us. And there was like a big stage with the DJs up there. And so one of the guys saw that there was something happening. And so he came down to see and he saw us and he was like, do you guys want to come dance on stage? And then we were like, no, we're good. And then five minutes later, it started raining and we're like, uh, which it was outside. And so we're like, ran back over to the stage. We're like, um, can we come on the stage now? Ready to go. Cause there was, <laughs> yeah. Cause there was like a covering going. So we would have been protected. So right. yeah, they let us up there. And when that, the rest was history, they were promoters in San Diego, big promoters. And they started hiring us to be their go-go dancers. They never had go-go dancers before. So, um, we kind of like sparked this like go-go dancer, like, phenomenon in san diego honestly i would say because i never like saw them in clubs before and then um being a a go-go dancer i was hanging around like scooter and lavelle were like the resident djs at the parties we would play and scooter is like a amazing dj um oh yeah they're so yeah scooter's unbelievable and yeah freddie fresh whole sleeping giant crew chris cuts yeah yep so I grew up with those guys like and I was their go-go dancer for a long time and so, oh, that's so funny. I was yeah so I was hearing amazing DJs their blends like the way like there's everyone had a different style you know so I was yep. constantly absorbing like how they would mix their songs and I was kind of got to this point where I'm like I wanted to like try it you know I was just so fascinated with the whole nightclub world yeah. and um so finally, one of my other DJ friends, Yusuf, he was like, all right, I'll take you. Like, we'll go to Guitar Center. I'll show you what you need. And we bought my two techniques, which I have right here still. And I had a simple two-channel Pioneer mixer. And then um, he gifted me some needles. And then I just started buying vinyl and started practicing. And then I had... Um, gone over to Chris Cutt's house. He gave me some vinyl. He showed me like, you know, some his like way of beat matching. And then one time I went to go see Lavelle. He worked at this record shop in PB and he was showing me how he beat matched. And like, so I was just getting lots of information from all these DJs. And right. what was the record just shop? Started- at- access music or something no No, it was actually mileage i think and they had like a whole uh little record section in the back but they also had club clothing and like stuff in the front oh so yeah i was sorry to interrupt um, yeah no keep going yeah so that's because yeah those are all my friends too i remember you know before i was even doing big clubs they booked i was in a underground hip-hop group and we got booked to DJ this spot, Aubergine down there. And yep, that's where we would dance at. The people that were um that were promoting it and brought us down. It was Freddie Fresh, Chris Cutts, you know, all those people. And mm-hmm. that's how I became friends with them. They're some of my longest running friends in this, you know, world. And every time I go to San Diego, I still hit them up and try to hang with them and stuff. And I've been, you know, supporting Chris cuts his stream and when he's online and stuff. So I love all those, 
all those people, definitely amazing DJs. And Scooter and Lavelle, too, are just amazing. The way they do the four turntables with the house music and Scooter's cutting up the acapellas over it. Mm-hmm. Definitely really dope. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I was blessed to be surrounded by all of them because, like I said, they all have their own unique way of DJing and, like, everything yep. that they bring to their table. Like, so to to have been around it for so long and just absorb all of that um it's i i am who i am because of every person i interacted with every dj i ever heard you know like it's it it all got embedded in my brain somehow yeah (laughs) so yeah and so then how did you so you started you were practicing you had vinyl you're around all the real deal people who could teach you and then um how did you then first start getting your first gigs or opening for people or what was your journey like from there so because i was a go-go dancer and i knew club promoters um once i told them like i was starting to dj they were like okay we'll put you in an opening spot so I don't know if you know Kevin Brown from San Diego, but he was the first person to book me for something. And it was at this venue in SD called Red Sea Lounge. It used to, okay. then it turned into Circle, Red Circle. Um, okay. I think, I think sounds familiar. I'm not sure, but yeah, there's so yeah, many spots but anyways, down there. So I did my first set with all vinyl there and Dope. it was cute. Like it was an opening little spot. And then, yeah. So it was just like the little door opening. And then I was like, okay, I did my first one. So now let's do another one. And then yeah. um, a friend of mine, she wanted to start throwing a lesbian night in San Diego at a small like dive bar in North Park. And she's like, do you want to be the DJ? And I was like, okay, yeah. And so that residency on a Wednesday night at a dive bar, I it's what really helped me like develop a skill of like, you know, blends and like mixing and just figuring things out, you know, troubleshooting yeah, um, and just getting in a routine of DJing in front of people. So right. um, I would say that residency is what really helped like build my skill for sure. That's cool. Yeah. Everybody kind of wants that fast track of like, I need an agent. I need a manager. I want to be here. I want a Vegas residency. It's like, if you do that stuff too early, you're going to be fucked. You know, like you, it's not going to work out because you're not ready. You have to go through the paying your dues part, not just because some older DJs are telling you to, and they're like, back in my day, I had to use vinyl. You better pay your dues. It's just because it's the human experience of us. We need to make the mistakes ourselves in order to learn from it. Just like when you're a kid and you fall off your bike or whatever, it's the same with DJing. I had the exact same thing where... I had to DJ in these little bars where I wasn't getting paid very much. And I went through so many ups and downs and problems. And that's where I learned how to troubleshoot through all the times and learned about DJing to crowds. And you get that up close, intimate thing of like what people like and don't like and what you like and don't like. And you start to develop your own style. So I think that's really important for DJs to hear, especially nowadays, because they have the ability to just push a button and have all the music um, and have all the equipment and just buy a controller and sign up for BeatSource, you know, and start DJing. And it's great. They should do that. But I think there's, if you want to be a professional that can handle any type of situation and, and get to a level like where you're at, 
you have to go through those those times and don't let your ego get in the way of like, nah, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing something bigger. And you know, now's mm-hmm. my time. So yeah, that's, that's great to hear. Um, and then, so how did you transition like to go from there into actually headlining, getting travel gigs, doing events and, um, meeting, you know, bigger event producers and things like that? Well, Somewhat shortly after I started DJing, um, this guy randomly reached out to me and he was like, uh, I, I'm interested in signing you. Like I would want to be your manager. And, um, so I had a meeting with him and long story short, terrible experience. He was sleazy. He, um, I signed a contract. I wish I never did. Like, and so it just was like, he got me some cool gigs, but like, it wasn't like the best paying gigs. They were cool. Um, but he just was not the person I, I just, it was not good. Um, so I I let that one fizzle out. And so because of fear of any kind of repercussion, because I had signed a five-year contract with him, I I don't think I really pushed myself to like launch my career because I wasn't trying to like attract his attention. Like, oh, I'm I didn't want him to kind of like sue me or whatever for like take the money I was making. So that was kind of annoying, but I still was hustling and I just through word of mouth, you know, um I just committed to DJing and I would reach out to venues and then um, they would reach out to me. Like it's just word of mouth and then just being good at what I was doing. I, my skill was growing quickly and I think my, just my background of clubbing experiences, DJ like experiences, uh, all the DJs I've seen, um, and my musical knowledge is what has really like pushed me to like excel because I'm not a top. I, I mean, I can DJ top 40, but I really would dig for remixes and stuff that you're not everyone is going to have or hear. So yeah. I think being unique is definitely um, a bonus. Right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um and and what about um uh yeah and also like that's crazy that that guy made you sign a or that got you to sign a 5 year contract like i don't know mm-hmm. in the dj world like that's insane like it's not like it's a record deal mm-hmm. or you're putting out music especially in the dj world like i just feel like dj's and managers or booking agents should work together if they want to they don't need a contract there's no you should be able to say look if you do good for me, I'm going to do good for you. If you're loyal to me, I'm going to be loyal to you. I mean, unless you're some crazy shady DJ yourself, but really we're all out here just trying to make it. So anybody that's trying to lock DJs into those deals, I think is somewhat um, evil and greedy in a way because, you know, what's what's the use of that? Especially such a long-term contract, that's kind of crazy. So DJs should definitely be weary of anyone that wants you to sign a contract and especially a long thing, but we've all been through it. I have had similar horrible ups and downs with 
different managers, booking agents, and I've had great and not good, but I've had to learn lost money, mm-hmm. signed contracts, hired lawyers that wasted money and all of that stuff. And it's the same, just like DJing in the bar. You have to go through it to learn it. Yeah. I hope everyone doesn't, but um, yeah. And then it can push you. You you learned your lesson and then it pushes you to, to get through it and be your own boss and be your own manager and booking agent and then find people that really have your back and really believe in you and are loyal you know because that's the kind of person you want on your team someone that believes in you almost more than you believe in yourself um, and can see you for the out from the outside what you your potential and help you bring these ideas to fruition or or like you said i want to be this kind of dj i don't want to do this i want to throw these parties and they can help you make that happen rather than just focusing on the money of like oh it's top 40 you can do this like you're going to be better off falling into what you want to do and like throwing your specific kind of parties um Mm -hmm. and i think twitch even shows you how to build these communities and throw these parties, which like you said, you had it in person, then you brought it to Twitch and now maybe you can, you know, bring them back out, um, and do them. I mean, you even mentioned to me that you, um, are going to do an IRL gig, not virtual gig, uh, coming up this week, right? Or this weekend. Yes. Yeah. Um, So what are you doing? Tell us about it. And if anyone's listening, um, this, show is probably coming out wednesday or thursday like march uh, 17th or 18th so uh she will be where she's gonna tell you right now <laughs> so go check her out where are you gonna yeah. be yeah so pre-covid uh i had a residency in houston at pearl bar houston which is a lesbian owned uh bar and club and there's only 13 lesbian bars in the country believe it or not um there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of gay bars um men own and uh there's a lot of lesbian events that get thrown at at straight bars gay bars whatever any place but there's only 13 physical interesting yeah yeah it's it's wild um why like is there is there any like discrimination inside of the gay bar scene or, you know, club scene with lesbians and gay guys or, you know, um, there can be like some kind of like cattiness there. There are a few gay men that I've run into and where they can just be like, like they're, but then there's also, I'm my best friends are gay guys, you know, like, so it goes, it just depends on the person, honestly. Okay. Yeah. But um, but I think because women, it, there's a lot of different theories. <laughs> um, women technically don't make as much as men, so they're not out to like spend as much money as men at bars and venues, which I think is bull. But like technically, yeah, women don't make as much money as men. Like if you want to go across like receipts. But right. um, or maybe guys so, are stupider with their money sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girls can be too. But <laughs> but I but I think that women like lesbian women who want to open a bar or club, they might if they're a true business person, the incentive is not as strong because they're like, OK, my market's kind of small already. Their income is not as great as like a straight 
club or bar and yeah. or with targeting only men. So this is my theories also, by the way, it's not, this is, there's no way to prove this is fact or anything, but that's just right. what it seems to be. Uh, yeah. So, but there are lots of, like I said, lots of lesbian parties where we don't physically own the building, but we will throw a party there. So right. that happens a lot here in Los Angeles. And I play at all those parties too, but it's yeah. I, my friend, my friend actually owns this bar in Houston. It's called Pearl bar. It's in the Heights on Washington. And, um, so I would go out there once a month on a Friday, throw my beso queer Latinx party. And then the next night stay and do an open format set. So, oh, cool. um, at this the same, Thursday, at the same spot you do open format set. Oh, yeah, cool. it's back to back. So, because there's like, I mean, in Texas, there's a big Latino population. There's a lot of Mexicanos right. out there, um, but there's all different like Latin uh, ethnicities, and so um, it's it's very successful. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was great. it was popping. It was yeah. so fun. Honestly, I have so many videos of just like the crowd, like singing along with their beers and just having a good old time. Um, so I'm excited to go back. I know it's not going to be the same, but we're slowly getting there. Um, I will be masked up for sure. Uh, being very safe and it's cool to be a DJ and in a booth where you're not right next to people. So right. I'm happy about that. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm going out there Thursday, throwing Beso on Thursday, and then I'm going to stay and do Friday, Saturday open format, and nice. then come home Sunday. That's yeah. great. In-person gigs, making money, going out there in the world. It's all starting to happen again a little bit. Um, that's great. And also, I think it just is a good lesson to DJs to really do what means something to you and not try to fit into what else is happening out there. And, and also you can piggyback on things and throw your night and then do an open format night. It doesn't always have to be it, but if you really lean into the things that you love, you can throw your own parties. You can be successful on your own and not always be at the mercy of the promoter or the club owner, or feel like you need to fit in to do something, you know? Um, so that's dope. Uh, and then you're doing another, another, in real life gig or you're doing other corporate virtual gigs? Um, Oh yes. Um, March 26th, (laughs) I will be streaming. It's going to be a stream, um, on my Twitch page and it's a special collaboration with Adidas Los Angeles. So I will be posting about it on my Instagram. Uh, but yeah, it's, I can't say anything else. It's a surprise, but yeah, if you guys can tune in to my Twitch page on March, let me just make sure, 26, I believe. Yeah, oh, no, it. that's super dope. I mean, that, that's that been a great thing, you know, in conjunction with Twitch and even being able to use Twitch to show these event producers, hey, we can, look what I'm pulling off online if you want to have your brand part of it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, have you been doing a lot of corporate streams online has that been a big part of the past year for you yeah um i mean i can't say it was like a lot a lot but it was a good amount that was financially like saving at some points you know so um i 
I did a stream for Converse and Shop WSS. They had a, a very special stream they wanted to do for uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. And oh, there was cool. a launch that they did for Converse where uh, some of the Latina women that worked at Converse designed four different types of sh Converse shoes for Hispanic Heritage Month. So nice. <clears throat> Um, we were like showing those off and that was really cool. And then somehow from there, like I got connected with Smirnoff and I don't drink, <laughs> but, um, they, I'm, I will get paid. I'm not anti-alcohol. Obviously I work in bars and clubs. Right. I just you don't just don't drink, drink yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I did a, a Smirnoff stream for, uh, Dia de los Muertos and it was like, this special bottle that they had um, for their tamarindo, like vodka or something. I don't know. It was right. It was pretty cool though. That's and, great. Um, but that one is like, it was a stream where it was closed only to special people. They invited like, so the press was there, like the New York times, like people from like uh, E and like, it was like, it was pretty cool. Um, and then the next one I did was a spinoff of Smirnoff where they did a, a stream with The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or something like that. I don't oh, know. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I just did some music for that. And then um, I did another one for One Arizona, and it was to celebrate the... Um, the Latino and POC vote that helped shift Arizona and flip it to a democratic yes. state. So we were celebrating one Arizona, which is a, like a nonprofit that did a lot of groundwork to like get out there and get people to vote. So um, that was really cool. That's great. Mm -hmm. Did any of that come mm -hmm. from your Twitch page or was that things that you had met people before COVID or how did those come about? The first, it all started with that first one with the uh, Converse Shop WSS. This guy, he uh, reached out to me on Instagram and he was looking for a Latina DJ. So he had me, Angie V and two other girls. And so after my set, um, some other guy who was connected with him who does events saw my stream and he was, he hit me up for the Smirnoff thing. So it was right. kind of like he saw what I did and then was like, okay, let's bring you in for this and this. So, um, it, yeah, I don't know that it was, it started yeah. with that one and then it kind of like sparked. Right. Kind of like your other, you know, uh, in-person career, just like word of mouth and people hear about yeah. you and, uh, you know, like, like your DJing and your personality and what you bring to the table and all your attention to detail um mm -hmm. that's dope yeah i mean those have been good and hopefully those keep going in the future as we get back to like real life we're able to do the corporate stuff do the twitch stuff and like you know keep it going um and so pre-covid uh you were touring a lot right i mean you've played so many places around the world you've opened for and played with a lot of dope artists um what are some of the places that you had gone or some of your favorite people that you've been able to do shows with before COVID hit? Oh man. Um, 
yeah, it it's kind of surreal sometimes when I think about it. I'm like, yeah, I have DJed all over the world. Um, and I'm so thankful for it because there's places I would not have necessarily traveled to, you know. Um, yeah. I've been to Malaysia, I've DJed in Japan, um, in Tokyo, which that's probably a highlight for sure because I DJed for Rai Rai and she performed at the summer sonic festival and it was it's like a coachella but technically i think more people it's massive so it's many amazing. like different stages and then they have this outside area on the beach which that was crazy it was, and it was so hot because it was in the summertime yeah oh my gosh um but that was that was amazing um and with Rai Rai, I actually went on tour when she was opening for LMFAO. And so that was a lot of fun. Um, we went on a five-city UK tour. So we went to London, Manchester, uh, Birmingham, Glasgow, and Ireland, um, Dublin. And my grandparents are Scottish. So uh, I've always wanted to go to Scotland and to be able to go to, to Glasgow, which is where my grandpa was born, uh, yeah. was it was it was so surreal and it was short like I, we had to go from city to city but i was able to like hop on one of those hop on hop off buses and like see as much as i could in a day and um that was really cool <laughs> that's dope um, but you... uh other yeah no go ahead um Another dream bucket list place to play was Ibiza. And I got to go and DJ in Ibiza. I think I've gone three times now. And um, there's a women's festival that they were throwing out there. So I got booked for that. And it every the first year I went, it wasn't like huge, but every year it grew. And by the third year, it was like already quadrupled in size. Like it was wow. so... It's and the island is just gorgeous. Ibiza is a beautiful island, and I got to go to space. I didn't DJ there, but I got to go and had the time of my life. Like, because Groove Armada was DJing on the um, patio, and it was so oh, good. wow, so that's good. amazing. That's so dope. Yeah, that's so cool. Is that um? Do you have any gigs that stand out in your mind as like the not like I made it, but maybe um. I've reached a next level or, or that you're extremely proud of that you got to do besides those. I mean, those right there sound like, I mean, amazing in themselves, but any other ones? Oh man. There are, I feel, okay. One of the most memorable gigs I played just because of the energy I received and the way I felt was when I DJed at the Yoast theater in Santa Ana. Um, there was a, a promotion group called white rabbit white white rabbit and they yeah it was like 18 and up so the younger crowd it was their energy and uh it was sold out so it was packed and i was opening for miha and so i played like a super like bass heavy like festival trap a uh, little bit of like uk bass like a uh, little bit of dubstep vibes and it was just so good like every drop it like the reaction it was like 
you, you know when you have the crowd like right in your hands where you like they yeah. react exactly how you hope the they best. will that was yeah that was it so that was amazing <laughs> yeah those shows are great a lot of times djing to the younger crowds too is just amazing like when i get to do these zoomies parties and it's like younger kids and like you said they're reacting to the music just the way you would envision it a lot of times we practice at home and we're like oh this is dope and i can do this and it's gonna be crazy and we'll be jumping around in our room and then you go do it and it's it's not always the exact reaction so when it is it's like just gives you that goosebumps you know uh feeling where you're just like this is why i'm doing this is why i do what i do i mean this is and you make that real connection with them live that's so dope yep yeah the Uh, second time i I would yeah. say I felt that too was, um, it was like last or in 2019, uh, I DJed for this party called scam and jam here in LA and, mm-hmm. um, the Belladonna, the clothing line that put together sad girls, it was their party and it was lit. Like that party is so fun. If you ever get a chance to go when they reopens, like it, they used to have it at the Regent and it would sell out. It packed and it's uh, like mostly latinos and they're they're so cute because i love like chola fashion and style like my dad was a cholo like my my mom's side is scottish and irish and then my dad is mexican so he was like with always with his dickies his wife beaters like you know his pompadour and so i love the culture like the cholo chola culture like that fashion um so seeing people in there like with their little outfits and like the chola makeup and hair it's a vibe and so i got to dj um and my set i put i like kind of planned out some of it but not all of it and it was the same thing where the crowd was like reacting exactly how i hoped they would with each like transition and stuff so that was a vibe for sure that's great that's great um and uh so what about like since you do so many different kinds of gigs what about just on some nerdy dj stuff how do you keep your music organized do you have any like specific way in your serato or are you just like yo i'm doing this party i'm throwing a bunch of stuff in the crate or you have some scientific von kiss special method Okay. Well, um, I'm going to say something that maybe some DJs are probably like, no, uh, I use iTunes to organize my music. I know there's a lot of DJs who, who do it out of iTunes and they do it in folders and stuff like that on their external hard drives or whatever. All my music is on my laptop. Like no lie. I back it up, but it's all on there. Um, And I organize it in iTunes with playlists. So what used to be like 30 something playlists has now turned into probably like, I don't even know how many playlists I have. It's insane. So then I was like, okay, I'm getting out of control with the playlist. So let me do folders for like, and then I can like kind of group them together in that way. So it gets confusing sometimes because I have it spread all over the place. Like, you know, there's like this one track can fit into 20 different folders technically because of the vibe. Um, And so I'm trying to, that's something I need to work on is like, okay, I could probably get rid of this folder and this folder and this folder so that I don't have so many that are like repetitive. But at the same time, if I'm DJing and I want to go into one folder, 
I'd rather just have it all there instead of having to like, like click out of that folder, go to another folder. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's there is a lot of repetition in my fo- <laughs> my playlist, but but it works for me. So I honestly I say whatever works for you, just do it. You know, just whatever makes your retrieval queue easier. Like. Yeah use that and then for me i always put something in the comments like for me um if there's a song i love and i'm like oh my god don't forget to play this one i will put play with like five y's like and then i know it's a must play yeah and then um if i think a song is like like super sexy i type in like play sexy or or if i feel like for me i do a lot of like dance cues i'm like okay how what do i want how am i imagining i would dance to this or how i would imagine other people dancing i'm like okay booty twerk um wind like uh chill like whatever like head bob elbows up i don't know like whatever (laughs) (laughs) that's great actually yeah but that's how i hear music too is i'm like how are people moving to it you know so and and then if if it's a still like a one of those like elbows up song okay let's play another elbows up and then we'll go to like slow dance or whatever you know like because now on twitch you can slow dance not in the club so much but (laughs) (laughs) right That's dope. I like naming it after like the type of dances people do, you know, and people put twerk, but that just became like a genre. But I think if you have those crates, you're like, all right, oh, we see what the girls are doing. Okay, I'm going into this crate. And um, Mm -hmm. I I think that's a good way to approach it. And yeah, everybody has their own. It doesn't matter if you do iTunes or not. Mine is a mess. I do iTunes and Serato and I don't have a full on method either. So no judgment. I think if it works for you, that it works for you. But sometimes I like to find out so other DJs can get ideas for how to implement it into their their thing. Um, Yeah. I use my Serato folders for when I'm doing um, a mix. Like if I'm if I'm recording right. a mix in Serato, I first create the folder in or the playlist in iTunes. And then when I open Serato, I create a new fold or a new like crate. And yeah. then I will throw that playlist in there. And then I can organize it, drag, drop, like rearrange it and then yeah. delete what I'm not going to use or add something new that I thought of um, when I'm making a live mix right you can have it like your actual set that you want to run through and yeah be able to like execute and just kill it um and what do you how do you stay authentic within the times when you're playing let's say an open format set and it's not necessarily your exact party like how do you still stay authentic is it really important for you to stay authentic or you're just like whatever i'm just gonna play what they want here how do you approach that finding music you like within maybe stuff that you don't like or something i honestly i don't download music i don't like um i it's it's like it hurts my soul like i the (laughs) and I hold on to like almost everything. I'm so bad at deleting music. It's so hard for me because I'm like, what if that one time <laughs> I, know, I wanted to play that song? <laughs> for sure. Um, but I love so many different genres of music. And um, I feel like there's a lot of watered down 
music where it just doesn't have soul or flavor or like even a vibe that I care about, like that I would want to listen to or play. So I just, I won't even go into that world. Uh, So I'll stick to what I enjoy, what I know, what I'm comfortable playing. And I can, I can DJ for anybody. I don't care what race, what age, like what demographic I'm, I'm here for all of it. I can, I know I'm really good at reading crowds and I have such an extensive song library that, or music library that I'm confident I could make any event successful musically, no matter the crowd. So I just, I just try my best to read the crowd. Right. Yeah. I mean, speaking of reading the crowd, like, what do you, I think, that is a massive skill for good DJs. Um, what do you think makes a good DJ? What are some other aspects of it that makes a good, well-rounded, dope DJ? Wow. Uh, well, obviously, m- the music you have, you know what I mean? Like having quality songs, you know, like you can't have like really bad uh bit rates or whatever you know um and technical skills i think if you're gonna dj in front of more than five people you need to know how to mix like if you cannot blend songs you you still got work to do before you start i mean yeah before you really start like you know i'm not I've messed up blends, you know, recently or whatever. Like we, we all have our like moments. Of course. Yeah. But but for the most part, like having a nice harmonious flow of music is very, it's what we're supposed to do, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it's pretty important. Um, For sure. And also being professional. Like if you're taking gigs, like you have to be on time. You have to know how to set up equipment. Like you, you got to be ready for any and everything. And even though sometimes you, they might tell you, Oh, we have CDJs and this mixer you get there. And I'm certain we've all done it where you show up and it's yeah. absolutely not at all what they said that they had. So right. just bringing extra stuff to be prepared. Um, and knowing how to DJ on all that stuff, because there are some DJs who they become so reliant on either controllers or something else that they don't know how to use turntables. They don't know how to use CDJs. Like they are lost. <laughs> so yeah. um, being versatile <laughs> is another one. Um, yeah, it's and, true. Those are great points. And also your energy uh, if you're, if people could see you from wherever they are dancing, like being stuck on your computer or like zoned out where you're ignoring the crowd, like you definitely want to like check in with the crowd. Like um, this, you know, like I, I was saying, like my mic skills were not that great before COVID, but I feel like now that I'm on Twitch and I'm like comfortable with the chat, I've gotten way more comfortable speaking on a mic um, during my sets. So um, being interactive with the crowd is, I think, also important. Not saying that you have to get crazy on the mic, but just, you know, checking in and smiling, um, giving like energy, like through your body movements. Yeah. Um, 
and just enjoying the music that you're playing. So like people feel encouraged, you know, like you said, if you're stuck, zoned out zombie style on your computer, it, you, you feed that energy off to the crowd and then they're just like, okay, well, I don't know what's going on up there. I'm going to do my thing down here. But when you see Mm -hmm. someone that's so into it and they're singing the words and they're just having a party, it, it amps them up too. So yeah, I think all those points, those are super important. Um, and, um, what about like your original production? Um, some DJs don't really do original production and they just kind of throw their own parties or different things. But I know that's um, something that you work on and you've put out original stuff, like I said, with Six Block and stuff on your SoundCloud. Is that a goal of yours to get more into the original production and put out your own tracks consistently? Yeah, so <laughs> that's... Okay, I bought Logic in 2009 and I was like, I'm going to be a producer. I'm going to like make an EP. I'm going to do this and that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, I still have never made an EP. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I have. It's not too late. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, but I have made original tracks. I did do a track with Six Block. We did a dubstep subtract together and i've done um like some bootleg remixes like i did one with clayton william and it was uh, a mi gente remix it was fire and then i've done stuff completely on my own like i've done you know my own original tracks and i've done my own bootleg edits and remixes and um i started with logic and I still love Logic, especially for original production. I'm just very familiar with uh, like using the plugins and um, just creating yeah. my own little melodies and stuff. Right. But Ableton is my clutch for bootleg edits and remixes. I so don't know. It's just the quicker and easier. Yes. Yeah. The grid, it just snaps so perfectly together. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I still haven't used Ableton. W- like using their plugins and creating my own sounds in Ableton with Ableton. It's all like sound packs and me pulling this kick, this clap, this snare, um, this like, you know, melody or acapella or whatever. And then me warping everything and just kind of making it into my own. Right. Cause I'm not the kind of uh, producer where I just steal from a sound pack and don't edit it. Like, I can, I don't, I just don't think I could even do that. Like, I, I feel like that's almost cheating in a way, but. Right. I don't know what the rules are anymore. It's so crazy. Cause I mean, in a way you're digging through and you're finding your samples, but then it is funny. Like even I made a beat recently and, uh, I, I did something with it and sent it to my friend. And then he's like, yo, you want to know something crazy? I'm literally using the same sample right now, you know, and I'm like, damn, that's mm-hmm. nuts. But it was funny because mine was probably 90 something beats per minute and it sounded completely different. His was like 120 something and it was totally different. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I'm like, yo, it's almost like we're remixing the same track, but there's probably yeah. 700 other people all <laughs> using that off splice as well. So yep. it's hard. And 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 there's people that are going to judge you for it. Uh, I'm the same. I want to really like alter the sounds or chop them up or add so many different plugins to it that it, to make it my own. Um, mm-hmm. The same way I used to do with just finding samples on vinyl. Yeah, I mean that's cool too. I have a whole folder playlist of 
songs that I want to sample. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't even like done it yet. Gotta so, get on it. Do a stream. You do a stream of uh, uh, producing and then people can oh, man. <laughs> see what do, you're do doing. Do people have three days to hang out with me? Because <laughs> it takes, it's a lot. You already know. I, it takes me, well, some songs are, they just kind of flow and they're just like, damn, right. that was easy and that was fast. And then there's other ones where you're like, a month later saying like still like chopping it up and like working on it but um it's so hard you have to force yourself to finish it (laughs) yeah sometimes (laughs) but i i I do when i get in the zone i'm like in the zone and i will work on it for like i'm on the computer all day like and then the, the next day the next day until i like need a break or whatever yeah. But I feel like I do. I do need to really push myself more to get into my production because if you think about it, like, and this goes to everybody, nobody has what's going on in my head but me. Like, nobody puts things together like I do. Nobody, like, has the thought process I do. Nobody, like, hears the things in my head that I do. You know, it's like, so the only way to share that is literally to get in the studio and, like, bring it to life and hopefully translate it to into a song that people will enjoy. So, because I, I do feel like there's so much still in me creatively that I have not even, like, shared so yeah i'm sure and i think that's important to remember is that everybody is unique and has their own perspective and nobody has experienced what you've experienced and Mm -hmm. it will come out uh unique especially if you keep working on it just the same way you have with your djing with your music production um it's it's hard to get out of your own head and see it for how unique or special it is um, because you're like, oh, I don't know if it's good enough. And you're comparing it to everything uh, sometimes, mm-hmm. especially as a DJ trying to be a producer. But uh, then when you listen back to it, a lot of times you go, oh, this is better than I thought. And it's hard. I wish we could get to that point while we're making yeah. it, you know. For sure. Yeah. And um, the track that I did with uh, Six Block, um, a funny story about that one is that um, he was living in San Diego at the time. And so was I. And uh, Diplo was going to come into town for like a show in San Diego. And I was I'm cool with Diplo. Like I have his number. We've like texted. I've like hung out with him, went to his baby shower, all that stuff. But when he was coming, I was like, hey, um, would you want to like like to have a studio session with me and six block. And he was like, yeah, for sure. So like me and Raul six block, we're like, okay, we're going to set everything up. Like, we'll just get started on the track and then he can come in and just add whatever he wants on it. And then, um, it never happened. (laughs) So it was just me (laughs) and Raul, but it was Raul is, he's amazing. He actually is a phenomenal producer, super dope with remixing. Um, and he's fast too. Um, he uses, um, oh my gosh, which, uh, is it acid? He uses something. It's not, it's not fruit loops. It's not logic. It's not Ableton. What is one of the other programs? Um, yeah, yeah I mean, a lot of people are usually Ableton, Pro Tools, Logic, Fruity Loops. Um, I guess Acid is something from back in the day, maybe, or Cubase or something like that. Cubase. It's Cubase. Yeah. That's that one. 
That's what Cubase, he uses. Or he yeah, used. That, that was the OG. Yeah, I used to use that too to like make hip hop and even drum and bass stuff. Um, and more like I would just record in my sampler stuff to it. But yeah, that's that's like one that's not as popular now, but has been around. And plus, he's been doing it forever. So I'm sure yep. he's tried a lot of different things. Yeah, that's, um, that's but cool. That's what he used. But he when he came over, my desktop has Logic. So we actually ended up doing it um, pretty much like all in Logic. And then he took the file threw it into when he got home and then he tweaked a few little things on Cubase and then that was it. So. Yeah. Dope. Um, is there anything that you deal with in the DJ world that you would change? Are there any changes you would make in the DJ industry if you could like things that you don't agree with or like? Oh, wow. Uh, well, obviously getting more women on the lineups uh for sure there are yeah. so many female djs and i'm talking talented ones like not yeah. just because they're a female and they're a dj but there's so many and it, it's the fact that we're barely talking about it i feel like now um as it being an issue and yeah. really physically pointing out that only 4% of women like, or, or lineups, like there's only 4% of the people on the lineups are women, you know? So right. I think that we really need to change that, you know? And yeah, I agree. Um, it, it, it shouldn't even have to be a thing. It shouldn't For have sure. to be a, a subject that we has to be brought up, but it is so yeah that is something i would love to see um changed because women were amazing and djing is not a physical sport it doesn't take like there's nothing that makes a man better at it than a woman and vice versa like it should be right. an equal playing field so yeah that, no, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. And and I think that something that really shined the light on that was everybody getting shut inside and going online and then us realizing, oh my God, there's so many amazing women DJs out there that are talented, creative, smart, funny, uh, musical. Their musical knowledge is so vast. Like there's so much, you know, and, and people keep it so... Um, I don't know how to say it, two-dimensional or whatever it is in the real world. Like, what does she look like? Or what does she play? Or, you know, mm -hmm. like you said, or or they'll just pick and choose like the one or two golden girls that like, not golden mm -hmm. girls, but you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, yeah. she's the special girl that gets booked at all the stuff, you know, among mm -hmm. all the other dudes when it's like, why can't it just be equal? Exactly. And um, mm -hmm. a lot of these things, I mean, it's crazy when you look at industries, even in the food world, like chefs, like why yeah. are a lot of like guys the head chef in the same way where you said it's not a physical sport and then everybody says oh like oh my mom used to everyone loves their mom's cooking so then mm -hmm. why wouldn't they respect an amazing woman chef like it almost it doesn't make sense at all right yeah um, no it's and, time it's time to, to shake things up <laughs> <laughs> i agree you know and i've been trying to do a better job at like having more women on here to have those conversations and and as a guy sometimes i don't even know 
how to approach it. I want to help. I want to do things, but I don't Mm -hmm. even know what to do, you know, or it can be not awkward, but like, I don't have as much experience with having to talk about those things. So I don't know, but I want to bring it to the forefront and make it a conversation that everybody has to have because it's super important. And I've become a fan of so many great women DJs through Twitch. And I already was before that, but it's helped expose me to so many that now going forward, um, whatever I can do to get them more involved in whatever the type of bookings they are, whether it's special events or clubs or virtual things, you know, now they're in my brain as like, okay, these are more people I can recommend for these type of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's not always like, oh, these dudes, like who would be good out of these guys? You know, that's just the mm-hmm. go-to thing. These guys, like the way it's all said, like it's just assumed mm-hmm. that a DJ is a guy and that's just mm-hmm. stupid at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a book I read. I still have the book. Um, I think it's called on the record and it was written, I think in like 99 or something like that. And it's about like the story of the DJ and like the first DJs, it just kind of goes through like, uh, the history of DJs and, um, at, up until that point where they wrote the book and they, we're referring to the DJ as he. And so right. I, I was getting like so offended. And then um, they made a little uh, comment where it's like, oh, and we're going to refer to the DJ as a male because currently there's only X amount of female DJs in the world, like when they had written the book. And so I'm like, even if there was just one female DJ, like that doesn't, what the hell? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I was like, right. And why? I That's, I mean, they need to take a look in the mirror they. at like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You could just say they, which I think is something that's something I've learned over the past couple of years is the pronoun thing and they and how different people like to be called different things. And I have a, a way better understanding of all of that now. And I have such a I res- deep respect for it and all of that, you know, and, um, yeah, exactly. You could say they, which people don't understand. They get confused by that for some reason. But but you don't need to refer to he or she necessarily in the DJ world. But also when they say there's only this many women DJs or female DJs, what do you mean? How do you know there aren't way more that you're sort of blocking mm-hmm. from coming into the scene because of your prejudice or because of the discrimination of the bookers or the people, the gatekeepers that are in charge. Like maybe there's a problem that's deeper than just a woman becoming a DJ. It's because of the way it's portrayed, but also the people that are not letting them, they could be in their room trying to get the gigs and they're like, Oh, sorry, I'm just booking these guys or this roster of all these guys. And Oh, we're going to do a female DJ night though. It's like, okay, come Mm -hmm. on. Like, why does it even have to be a female DJ night? And not against them. I think it's great, but you know what I mean? It, it should just yeah. be, it should get to the point where it's just equal. And I agree, like I said, in the food world and all of these worlds where it, it makes no sense for it to be like that. I feel like it's in a way there's guys at the top that are scared to lose their position. So they have to keep it um, tight, you know, and like just let their boys in and okay, we'll let a girl once in a while in to do it. But I agree that Mm -hmm. that needs to change in the DJ industry as well as other ones. But the DJ industry is a huge and music producers. I saw you tweet something, I think, about the Juno Awards um, 
and Wonder Girl Beats. And, yeah. you know, it's crazy to see her in there. You know, they're like Murder Beats, Kate Trinata, all these people. And congrats mm-hmm. to Kate Trinata, all these amazing people at the mm-hmm. Grammys that won this weekend. Um, the diversity is changing. Kate Trinata, you know, for who he is to win mm-hmm. that um, award. And I think he's the first black person to win a electronic dance award at the Grammys uh, in that category, which is crazy like in this year and um and and the fact that women music producers aren't not as much shine is on them or it's almost like a novelty if it is sometimes which is just so stupid mm-hmm. um because yeah, a lot of times we're making the phenomenal. music for them yeah phenomenal mm-hmm. ones and from mm-hmm. from just from like a guy's perspective it's always been a thing of guys saying like you know, we're out here to make girls dance. You know, we, we make music for the girls. We do it for the ladies. Where's the ladies at? Okay, well then, do you not think that a woman might have a good perspective on that to make the music or to DJ? Like, I remember going to events sometimes and being like, damn, this party is cracking. Like, like whoever's DJing is like killing it and getting everyone on the floor. And I look up and it's a girl, you know, it's a woman. And I'm like... Okay, Mm -hmm. that actually makes sense. I wouldn't have played a bunch of these songs, probably. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and I'm confident I would do a good job at the party. I know what I'm doing. But seeing her take her perspective and being able to get people on the dance floor in that way was like, you know, there's a lot more that women know how to do in that world than I think they're given credit for sometimes. You know, not I can't generalize all of it, but but I'm definitely with you on that. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Exactly. So hopefully that can be something, you know, we try to push forward and and do it within all of this stuff with BeatSource, DJ City, like all of the the companies that have a voice and the the cultures and the, you know, people that have a voice in this, I think have a um, sort of a, I don't know, obligation or whatever it is to to make sure to include that and and continue the diversity through gender and race and all of that stuff. And it's easy to ignore it, um, even with the podcast, you know, to be like, oh, I just book my friends. But you have to like go out and make sure you shine a light on everybody because everybody has something so special to bring to the table, like no matter what they are and who they are, you know, and, and I swear through Twitch, I've learned a lot more just in the past year of like who people are, what they bring to the table, how the crowds react to them just by reading the chat. Um, so hopefully that that's something that translates back into the booking real world in our music scene. Yeah, I hope so, you know, and more power to women who want to get involved with being in the position in those, the, the background positions where they can book the women. And that's another place that change needs to happen is like, let the women in to, you know, run shit and see what happens. Cause that's, that's also a place that will help. I think bring the equality for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, well, amazing. I mean, we've talked about so much, uh, today, um, just before you get out of here, is there any advice you have for either up and coming DJs or just DJs out there that are going through it, trying to make it like things that you've learned that you think could help them out there that you want to let them know? I think more than anything is 
just be yourself. Like there, like I was saying earlier, there's only one you, there's only one me that I've lived my life and went to the clubs I went to, heard the DJs I've heard, listened to the music I've listened to. And so do you, you know, like every person has their background of musical knowledge and life experiences. And so don't try to be like anyone else and you lose your authenticity, you know, and being yourself, you will like really just shine. And when you can just be yourself, I feel like you could be the most comfortable. You could be the most relaxed and, you know, people could tell if you're like tense or, you know, anxious maybe. And when you could just be yourself, like that's the best way to be, you know? Yeah. And then you can share, you know, music where you thought maybe like, oh, it's not going to work or whatever. And then you just never know who's listening. You never know how a, a song might affect someone else, like just upon hearing it or like how they could relate to it. Like, oh my God, like my aunt loves that song or that, that song just brought back so many memories. Or if it's newer music, be like, oh my God, who's this artist? Like they're dope or whatever, you know? So um, yeah, being authentically yourself is so important i think um because when you try to focus on like being like someone else it can get super overwhelming and it can get depressing too because you're like how come i don't have as many um fans as this person or as many people in my streams as this person and like don't worry about that like just do you and be thankful for every person that's there to watch you. You know, they're there to watch you. They're there for a reason. So just take that in and just continue to like grow, you know, let people know about your streams. That's huge. You got to let people know when you're streaming. That's why I like to have a schedule with mine. Yeah. So I'm like people will be like, Oh, it's Wednesday. Throwback uh, way back Wednesdays, you know, yeah. Friday, Latin Friday, uh, Sunday house and electronic music. Like if they're in the mood for it, they know where to find it. So, um, right. setting schedules are really helpful for sure. And flyers. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Just promote your streams the same way you'd promote a, a nightclub or party that you're going to do. Mm -hmm. For sure. Dope. Yeah. I think that's, that's, Something we talk about on here all the time is just be yourself. Try to tap into that authentic self. And that is when people will gravitate towards you. And that's when you'll become the happiest. And you won't be comparing yourself against everything else. And that's when you will find the true meaning, you know, the true path that you want to be on as long as you just keep tapping into that and not worrying about what everyone else is doing and just realize that it's you versus you some of the times um in many mm. ways so yeah that's that's yeah. great thank you for the great advice thank you for all the info and it was so much fun to learn about your journey as a dj and and watch you on twitch all the time so thanks for coming on the podcast mm. and we'll see you yeah. we'll see you online and Good luck and be careful uh, in Texas. Um, bring a couple <laughs> masks. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> teach teach the Texas people uh, different techniques to avoid uh, yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe they know something we don't. I don't know. But no, that sounds dope. I'm so happy. Yeah. You'll just be what? I'll just be screaming on the mic. Wash your hands! <laughs> Six feet! 
Don't forget to wash your hands, y'all. Put them up. Oh, I see you got dirty hands, actually. That's why I was asking you to put your hands up because uh, you got COVID <laughs> dripping off. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. No, no hopefully we're Make good. We're going into a good place. I'm being optimistic and we will all be yeah. out there working and feeling good and being healthy and hugging each other mm -hmm. one day in the next few years. No, <laughs> the next few months. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Sure. Yo. All right. Well, Von Kiss, thank you for coming on the podcast. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right. Peace. Much love, everybody. All right. That was it. Huge thank you to Von Kiss for coming on the show. We talked about a lot of important topics and learned a lot about her life and Look out for all of the online and in real life things that she will be doing coming up. Uh, the 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I am DJ Spider signing off. I will see you next week. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.